and uh, the show is being recorded. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. All Are right. Ready? Yeah, I think everyone's ready. Okay, go. I'm never sure if Fred's ready because he likes to he likes to wait in last. Ready, willing, and able. Able is the key thing. Still able. After all right. Can you come years. up with a song? Able. Yeah. Use the word able in a song. <sighs> See, that's a good one. I that is a good one. I can't me. think of one. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm still steaming over the um, Rolling Stone uh, snub of Celine Dion. Yes. Um, uh, further, you know, we ended the show yesterday with a little music talk. And then over the holiday, I think it was uh, New Year's Day, the Foo Fighters announced they will continue. Yeah, I heard band. that. Continue as a band without uh, Taylor. Uh, they haven't announced who that drummer will be. Um, I think it's uh, Taylor Hawkins' son is a bit young. He's 16 for that gig. But uh Yeah. So there will be food fighters. <clears throat> yeah, I was just, uh, I, I had put away something I wanted to play for you. And uh, now, of course, it won't play. Where is it? Yeah, sometimes these videos I save, they uh, expire. But there's a great video. Um, and Dan, we'll start the show shortly. So get oh, ready yeah, for that. Fine, yeah, yeah um, But there's a video it. of Eddie Vedder. You know, over the holidays, the uh, Kennedy Center honors. Oh, yeah. We're honoring George Clooney and you two. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember somebody else, but uh, there were some great speeches. And, and anyway, what happened was somebody was going to sing a U2 song and Eddie Vedder was already on the show and they got ill. I think it was Mary J. Blige. And Eddie Vedder stepped in and sang a U2 song. And the reason I picked it out is because it's your wife's favorite U2 song. Oh, nice. The kids bought me this book for Christmas. Oh, Cool. Surrender 40 songs Our story By Bono And uh, I'm looking forward To read I haven't got into it yet But the stories Behind the songs Is Is uh, Well that's fascinating Because this will all tie in Is Is uh, One by you two Not One of Doll's favorites It is It's at the top of her list Well here's Eddie Vedder's version I was just talking about that. Yeah. No, I know. I yeah, it's cool. Better, I want to hear it. Here it is now. Is it getting better? Or do you feel Oh, sorry. This tab excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Everything was going so well. This guy can sing. I don't know if you know that. He can really sing. Slightly. You know what I like about these things? Especially when musicians are performing for the musicians that are being honored. Like when they cut away to those musicians. Like when they cut away during this song to the band. And there's The Edge and Bono and the other guys. It's just cool watching them watch a guy that they obviously respect. Why did uh, radio never have that camaraderie or or respect uh, 
among, amongst rhymes. <laughs> you, t- you, you tell that, me. Though, you're right, because whenever I see musicians, they just, and it doesn't matter the genre, they're just all into each other's music. Yeah. Genuinely, you can tell. No, I know. Listen. But, you know, you know, yeah, okay. But radio guys were never sort of like <laughs> hate on each other. No, I, I was just thinking of the night that I was on stage in front of thousands of people, yeah. you know, inducting uh, Voldemort. Disgraced broadcaster John Derringer into the uh, Radio Hall of Fame, and all I got backstage was he told his producer not to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Dan. Even uh, your Germanic soul must be stirred by this great music. Oh, yeah, for sure. This song is great. It is great. It is great. Uh, I, I often think about that. Tells your producer not to talk, to you, and he <laughs> doesn't. Right. And he doesn't. Wouldn't and he won't talk to me. Yeah. That story. Pardon yeah, the me. I worked for me. Told me not to talk to another guy, and I didn't. <laughs> That's <God>. right. <laughs> you know, on a night that we're all supposed yeah. to be coming together to honor the great <clears throat> yeah. disgraced broadcaster John Derringer. Let's start the show. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Trendy, Toronto, and from our Brampton Basement Studio, and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and by GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And now, here are two men who have begun comparing the weather forecasts of their winter destinations. Mine is really hot, but mine's more comfortable. Mine cools down at night, but mine is better. No, mine is better. No, it's Humble and Fred. Yeah, stand around. Summed it up perfectly. Mine's, mine's rather boring. 27 and sunny every day with a slight breeze coming in off Cape Beach. Yeah, it's pretty much the same as uh, the first half of my vacation is going to be that. And then, damn, the, the second half of both of our, you know, winter, uh, I don't even know if they're vacations, just winter, our winter uh, destinations. Because uh, yes. we're going to be working there, everyone. No. But uh, the second half, both of us will be staying in the same place. Um, can we just continue this just quickly? Because, uh, by the way, Jeff Merrick's going to join us. Today, it's going to be a great conversation. We're going to talk a lot about hockey, world junior stuff. We'll get into some of the uh, DeMar Hamlin stuff, the NFL. There was a couple of interesting things that came out of that. But mm-hmm. just in, back to the Kennedy Center's honors, because it, it came out during the holidays. And as I mentioned, George Clooney was being honored. And some of the people that got up to speak were Julia Roberts, Juice Factory, and uh, Matt Damon, who I think is pretty funny. And has a couple interesting things to say about his pal, George. I'm Matt Damon, and I can no longer read the teleprompter without glasses. (laughs) Uh, It has been said that my friend George Clooney is the last of the true movie stars. So I got to thinking about what exactly that meant. Of course, a number of past Kennedy Center honorees have certainly been movie stars in that classic sense, actors with class and sophistication, Cary Grant and Henry Fonda, Paul Newman, Gregory Peck. And then I think of George, uh, a man who once defecated in Richard Kind's kitty litter box as a joke. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mm -hmm. A man who once stole Bill Clinton's stationery and wrote fake notes to actors saying how much the president loved their movie. <laughs> Did he really? Oh, yeah. And he's he was, a, I know a lot of people think you have movies. Like, he's a legendary prankster. He does this shit to all his friends. Looks, but let's be honest, it takes a village to style a star into being People Magazine's sexiest man alive. I've been there. Those experts can transform anyone, even this guy. And he puts up a picture of George Clooney as a kid. He just looks like a little nerd from like grade nine. Uh, anyways, very, very funny. If you haven't seen it, apparently it was on uh, the actual television PBS or something. But there's clips of it all over the Internet. I haven't heard that one. What a great prank. Oh, Steal yeah. the stationery and then write notes to other actors as the president telling them how great they are. Yeah, and uh, You're probably bragging about Bill Clinton sent me. <laughs> Bill Clinton sent me a letter saying how much he loves me. Really, he sent me one too. <laughs> what about the fact that he took a dump in some guy's litter oh, box? <laughs> that that story is, and the way he tells it too is amazing. Um, the other thing about the Kennedy Center that I'm going to leave it alone here, Dan, is that uh, you know there's all these dignitaries, and of course it's you too, and. And uh, George Clooney. And I think there was a third, but I can't remember. But they keep cutting to the presidential box. And in there is uh, President Joe Biden and uh, Dr. Mrs. Biden. What's her first name? Jill. Jill. And, you know, everyone's laughing. And so they cut to the president and his wife and they're laughing and mm -hmm. having a nice time. And, and Jill looks like a very well put together woman in her mid 70s. Yes. Sitting next to her grandpa. I, I mean, I, as much as, uh, you know, he's done a lot of stuff legislatively, and he has. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of people consider what Joe Biden has done in the last 24 months. as some of the, you know, the greatest accomplishments of a president in a long time. But man, he just seems super old. Were we saying it on the show? I don't Even know. the way he walks now, he almost walks like a marionette, <laughs> like somebody just, just weird. Like he's trying to prove to everybody that he's still got like, uh, you know, uh, a jump in his step or something. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't look right. By the way, Jill, she's still she's still in her 70s holding on to yeah. her MILF, MILF status. Absolutely. She's guilt yeah. status. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan, I'm not saying that, you know, I listen, I'm not the first person to point out that Joe biden uh president joe biden seems old but man when i was watching this thing and i've seen a bunch of these clips and every time they go to joe and it's like you know i love the guy and everything you know for mainly the reason that he's not trump but also i can't see him i cannot see him running again with any success do you mean uh, literally or for oh. president? <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's a good one Ooh, yeah. that's, that's a goodie and you know, I just, even yesterday, I had a house full of people. I really didn't get the chance to concentrate on it, but this, you know, voting for the speaker and Kevin McCarthy loses three votes. It's like you sit there and you go, how did this so-called greatest country of the world get to where it's at? Just think about that. They can't figure that out. That out. Still, maybe the favorite for... The Republican ticket is Donald Trump yeah. and all that comes with him. And the guy that may run against him, we question whether he, he's capable of even staying awake, let alone running a country. Like, how? I know. How did, like, how did they get there? I don't know, man. 
Um, yeah, we should talk about that speaker stuff later because it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. I had it on all day. Even I just have, even doing some work in the afternoon. I didn't have it on. I was just listening to it on uh, my uh, SiriusXM app. Uh, one last thing from the Kennedy Center honors, which, and I thought this was pretty bold. It's uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat coming out. And listen, speaking of Trump, listen to what he says. Journalist and cultural attaché from Kazakhstan, Borat Sadiev. Comes out in full Borat costume. Yakshamash, I'm very honored to be here with you. I am told the president of USNA is here. Where are you, Mr. Trump? <laughs> and Biden oh. laughs, by the way. Mm-hmm. Of course you he don't will. look so good. <laughs> He's looking up at Biden. Your glorious big belly gone. <laughs> and your pretty orange skin has become pale. <laughs> Before I proceed, I must say I'm very upset about the anti-Semitism in USA. It's not fair. Kazakhstan is number one Jew-crushing nation. <laughs> Stop stealing our hobby. Your Kanye, he tried to move to Kazakhstan, and he even changed his name to Kazakhstania West. <laughs> but we said no. He's too anti-Semitic even for us. Anyway, it was pretty, uh, I thought it was pretty bold uh, that he would come oh, out yeah. and say that. But, uh, and, and, and again, Biden's laughing, everyone's laughing, and, and I just thought that was a good opening line. <laughs> Where are you, Mr. Trump? Before I forget, although I jotted it down, as far as uh, yesterday goes and the vote for Speaker of the House. Yes. Again, how did we get to the point where our go-to, our default guy, is the despicable Jim Jordan. I know. Just think about that. No, I know. I thought the same thing. We can't figure this out, so we need a guy to sit in that position for whatever reason. It's, you know, it's complicated. But that's your guy? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, when he gave, I don't know if you heard the, okay, I guess we're talking about it. I don't know if you heard the speech he gave in between the first and second round, I think, of voting. No, And just to catch everybody up, you know, what we're talking about, again, U.S. politics, and Freddie and I are fascinated by it. And Dan, even you came home last night, and you were, we were talking about it. Had you, had I, we've talked about, had we listened to any of it? I was watching uh, CNN a little bit last night, too. So their tribes, what was fascinating, though, is that the Democrats got more votes for Speaker yeah. than the Republicans had. In the first round, second round, this has not happened in 100 years. No. Yeah. It's crazy. It's amazing how a small procedural thing can hold up their entire government, right? It's not that, yeah. you know, it's not that big of a deal. They should have been figured, this should have been figured out a long, long time ago. I know, but, and you know what? Those mechanisms they have in place generally are good mechanisms. It's just everything is so screwed up now. You know, I mean, they're in place to make sure the right person gets it into the, under the right situation. But as Howard just said, it's been 100 years since they've gone through this. And probably 100 years ago, it wasn't for the reasons we have here where there's all this vicious infighting and, you know, people like trying to, uh, you know, mark their territory with 
ridiculous demands and on and on. It's something else. And, of course, we've said this a million times, but if this was the Democrats in disarray, the Fox people would be going bananas. I went to Fox, their website today, just to see how they were reacting. It's pretty muted. It's not very, I mean, yeah, they mention it, which I was happy to see. But they're not mentioning all the infighting. Anyway, Jim Jordan gets up in between the first and second round of voting, and he makes a plea because he wants... I, I can't ex- explain exactly why, but he wants Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker. Kevin McCarthy has been vying for this gig for 10 years. But yeah. I think Jim Jordan doesn't want it because of the scrutiny that would come with it. Well, he also wants to be the judiciary. Head of the, yeah. uh, and he, wa- he wants to go after uh, you know Hunter Biden and all that other important stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it's so funny. They, they just had an election, and all they ever talk about is how the Democrats aren't doing anything. Meanwhile, again, back to what I said about Biden, his, he's actually enacted more legislation, gotten more shit done, and they all talk about this $1.6 trillion you know, budget they've put through. Meanwhile, they don't talk about the $6 trillion in tax cuts that the rich have had since Ronald Reagan was president. Because of the Republican Party. But Jim Jordan gets up and he makes this plea for Speaker McCarthy. And all I can think of is, is no one going to talk about the fact this guy has literally done nothing, not signed one thing into law in 16 years. So why is he their guy? And look the other way. While children were being raped. Yes. Knew about it. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's too, again, I, I say, I'll say it again. How did they get there? How did they get here? Like, it's something else. But the well, back you know, room, uh, whatever's going on with those guys is like, I mean, he, it could have been the Jim Jordan kind of, because he didn't really say he didn't want it. Don't, he didn't say don't vote for me. He said vote for uh, McCarthy. McCarthy, right? yeah. So, yeah. So it could have been that in the back, you know, the back of his mind is, well, maybe I can get it and get this. Uh, I suppose I could maybe pull this off or some, I, you know, whatever. But if I, but if I say yes, vote for me, not McCarthy, then if it isn't me, then McCarthy will, you know, not put me on the judiciary committee. Yeah, <laughs> committee no, absolutely. Right? So yeah, all the background politics is yeah. like, you know. You know, you're right, Dan. I, there's a lot of stuff going on there, and that's what politics is. Why is it fascinating to us? Because it's historical. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's a little bit I picked off the Internet. I'll share with you guys here in a second or two. But it's about the perspective of somebody born in 1900 and what people have lived through in their lifetimes. And we're living through... You know, how many times do you have to say it's unprecedented what we're seeing? And the U.S. politics is just sort of mm-hmm. the tip of the, the, the wedge of all of this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. Going forward, you know, I mean, those that know and those that are being logical and level headed within the GOP, their best strategy is just to get in and govern, not worry about Hunter Biden and, and all those committees and everything that they've accused the Democrats of going out of their way for. But they won't do it. I mean, people are fatigued with that. Just oh, just govern. But well, that's are, the thing. They're, they're, are they even prepared for that is the question. Yeah, this Hunter Biden thing. Yeah, there's probably something to it, but it's not the reason that most people wanted the Republicans to get elected. Uh, here's a little palate cleanser, the original uh, version of this song. Dan Duran is, uh, once again, not available to us for news today, but we will just thank him for his service to this program. Okay. All right, we'll see you later, guys. Is it a contractual problem? Like, what's Yeah, he's got a contract. He's, he's not allowed to be with us anymore past the beginning of the show. Okay. 
I don't think the Sherpa is going to be with us today either, from what I uh, recall from a, a message from him to me just a couple days ago. He's on the road. Actually, no, I think the Sherpa... So you might want to start with that. I think Tim is... Uh, Lorna and I leave on a Caribbean cruise Wednesday. Oh. So he will not be here the next couple of weeks, but his awesome team, he says, is working hard while he takes a break. A well-deserved break. Cool. Cruise, boy. He lives the nice life, eh? That chirps. Dude, I don't know how he does. He's going on a two-week cruise. Two weeks. Wow. I know. Oh, my goodness. It's a lot of time around other people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of buffets. <laughs> That's right. It's a lot. Uh, of being, yeah, it's a lot of being. Uh, all I can think of is a lot of being seated with strangers. Oh yeah, I know. <sighs> strangers. Uh, yeah, uh, Tim Niblett is a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund, as he says, his uh, team is hard at work on both sides of the border. Uh, yes, if you're an Americano or a you know an expat in the United States and. Uh, you need a guy uh, to look at your uh, portfolio or, uh, you know, the path you're on to the, your golden years. He's your guy. No strings attached. Uh, really, no obligation. Tim will have a look and give you the straight goods, and uh, you can uh, take it from there. And, uh, he's a good guy. He's helped a lot of Humble and Fred listeners, as I'm sure you've uh, gathered over the past few years, and uh, he can help you as well. RetirementSherpa.ca And uh, I wrote this down because I found it in an article yesterday that as of uh, the new year, TFSA limits are up $500 to $6,500 a year, which uh, we've talked a lot about with Tim. And uh, if you're interested, go check him out and check that out. Uh, And there's catch-up. If you haven't used it, you can catch up, too. Yeah, I'm sure he's told us, but do you recall how many years you can go back? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know. Uh, maybe back to the beginning. I don't know. Okay. So. The beginning of time. Uh, AaronVentures.com, an emerging international junior mining and exploration company. Why are we talking about it? Because they are uh, our, one of our newest sponsors. Uh, it's actually an old sponsor, one, a different part of his company. Our friend uh, Tim Daniels, who uh, brought us the wonder that is the health cage. By the way, my watch finally, I have to get it replaced. It's finally uh, in need of a re, um, I have to reset it, and I'm getting a new watch because I use it every day now to check my, my heart. But Aaron Venture's strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within this country, Canada, and various regions internationally. They're in... Uh, the world of boron, they're trying to increase their mineral reserves by developing current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. This might be of interest to you if you want to get Tim on and check out Aaron Ventures as a part of your portfolio. Go find the full story at AaronVentures.com. Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I was talking to Tim because we'd be, we were friends. We grew up in Moose Jaw together, but we've become friendly the last couple of years. And I was telling him that even when they were sponsoring us, you know, we talk a lot about the attributes of this watch and I'm wearing it now if you want to see it. And it works fine. It's just that um, I've worn it out. I've had this for a couple of years and I did something to it that is, a, 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 I mean, anyway, I'm getting a new one. And here's, I, it, I, I had no concept while we talked about it of how good it is for people in my situation or any situation where you want to monitor your health every day, which I've been doing since I came back from Mexico. I checked out my ECG every day and my heart rate, my blood pressure. 
and it, it's a great tool. And I've actually, I've actually gone on the website recently, and I took some of my readings and I sent it to my cardiologist because I was having a little, I had a little episode a couple of days ago. I could feel it. What? Yeah, I didn't want to tell you because I, I think it's nothing. But yeah, I had a little blip the other day. Mm-mm. For a couple of minutes, I was taking a reading, and I could tell that something was going on. I was getting a little bit of a fluttering, and sure enough, it shows up on the app, and I got it onto, my, uh, onto the website. I printed it, and I sent it off to my cardiologist. It wasn't a big one, but it was something, and I, you know, I've talked to a few different people that have had this issue. Yeah, it's going to come up from time to time where there's going to be a little bit of an anomaly, and you know, I might have to have my medicine readjusted, but having the watch is the point that I was able to quickly go and see, yep, something was definitely happening. And it didn't happen. It hasn't happened since. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's got to be unsettling. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, yeah, like, again, how many times am I, you know, when it's your heart, you know, it can be your knee, like, oh, geez, oh, that hurts, or, you know, and I, it's just a whole different ball game with with your ticker. No, oh, no, I know, I dig it, man. And you know, and I can tell the last couple of days. And again, I you know, I took a little extra medication. My doctor said I could do that, and it all went away, and I've been fine for the most part. And I'm seeing another doctor on Monday. But yeah, it's definitely unsettling. Well, I bet you, since your problems, you've you've literally beat the shit out of that watch. <laughs> That's right. I'm just been, stop saying that. Stop <laughs> saying that. I'm like every day, every hour of every day. I'm yeah, like, what, yeah, what does it look exactly. like now? Uh, yeah, they got they got to have some sort of a disclaimer saying they're not <laughs> they're not meant for this. Right. Okay. Don't pound it. Um, speaking of hearts, do you want to segue to this? Do you want to talk about anything else before we get to Merrick? Because we're going to talk a little bit about Demar Hamlin, obviously, as part of a big story. Um, is there anything else that you did want to mention? Because we're going to be talking a lot of sports coming up in a few minutes' time when Merrick joins us. Uh, no, not offhand. I had written down. Well, I got several sports things here that popped up uh, popped up last night. Um, that latest, and maybe we can talk to Jeff about this too. The Ukrainian Canadian Congress has demanded the government block. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin from entering Canada the next time the Caps play here. But we can get on to that. And uh, we were talking before the show. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because apply it to any other situation like this. And you would expect people to have a problem with someone who promotes a butcher, a killer coming into the country might have something to say about it in the sports world there just seems to be different rules or something yeah oh, same with now the, that's sports not politics bullshit it, yeah but bullshit. it is politics you know and I, i've had this discussion in the golf world many many times about you know on the the saudi backed live golf league that a bunch of high profile players including gretzky's son-in-law dustin johnson took big money they all got like huge money and uh, i don't want to get into the the game for like everyone has this argument like well it's like the WHA I go no it's not like the WHA because there's in the WHA they were playing three periods and the game was the same but the yeah. politics is yes a lot of US companies do business with Saudis and a lot mm-hmm. of sports are a lot of sports around the planet but in this particular case it's actually your owned by this by the Saudi mm-hmm. government 
Yes. And about 14 or 15, I can't remember, of the people who ran into those buildings on 9-11 were from Saudi Arabia. So yes. I can see why the families of 9-11 are protesting at these golf tournaments because it's a direct connection. Mm-hmm. If there was a guy, not Alexander Ovechkin, not an NHL player who had the history of supporting Putin like Ovechkin has, but say he was totally detached from sports, there'd probably be a lot of talk about it. You know? Like, identified as a guy that supports someone who's killing children right now. But, it's again, sports is just... It's weird that way. Because, you know, the guy scores 50 goals a year, and I love the Washington Capitals, so it's all okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, I said to you before the weird. show, uh, it is weird. And, and because we were talking about it prior to recording, mm-hmm. uh, I've asked you this, and I still don't have an answer. I don't get... I have an answer, but I don't really understand why... Uh, I don't really get how the right-wing media in the States, and you've said it's happening in Canada, too. I don't understand how you support Putin. Like, where? what is that all about? And you had an explanation. It was a good one, but I, I still don't really get it. Well, because they like the idea of an, auto- an autocrat? Yes. Autocracy. You know, because... They, they, like Trump, they so buy into what he's all about, you know, his racism, his intolerance, his, this propaganda that it's like, wow, I'd rather have him forever than have to go through another Democrat or whatever. And what Putin represents over there, there, a lot of people look at in the West and go, ideally, yeah, I wouldn't mind that either. Once we install our guy, then we don't have to worry about it again. Okay. And you said that, and I was sort of thinking about it while you were talking to me. Yeah, I get that, um, but that still doesn't explain. Like the man is killing people, ruining a country. No, I know. And but and listen, and, can... and then there are guys like the hundred. Well, no, what's his face? Uh, Tucker Carlson and all these people, mm-hmm. literally supporting. Like, and I don't get into what end is. To, it, okay, so maybe they want the same thing with Trump being installed as Putin. But but how do you still get up every day and going? Yeah, Putin's a pretty good guy. I don't know. You talk yourself into things. You explain to yourself that it's okay. Like, uh, you have a reason, or he has a reason for doing what he does. He's being forced into this. Somehow you make the Ukrainians look like they're the bad guys. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's all too much. It's all too much. So when it comes to sports washing, that phrase, you know, the phrase of 2022... You know, this live golf thing isn't going away. And it's a it's a huge topic in the, you know, sort of golf world. And people that aren't in, by the way, the very first PGA Tour event of this calendar year starts this weekend in Hawaii. By the way, my buddy Mike Rice was telling me, Howard, that when you're in Mexico, that first area down there, where are you going to be? South of Playa del Carmen? Yeah, Puerto Aventuras. You know, while you're there, there's going to be a live event in that area. I did not know that. So he tells me, uh, again, this is sort of, uh, you know, secondhand uh, information, but would you go to such a thing? Yeah, probably. Um, and I'll tell you why I would go, because there's not many, many, there's not very many people at these events like this weekend right. at the PGA Tour event. It's going to be, you know, 20,000 people a day from what I've seen from 
you know, the seven events they had on the live tour mm-hmm. last year, there's, there's only a few thousand. So why it would interest me would be because of the access. Mm-hmm. Is it hypocritical to support the Saudi backed tournament? Mm-hmm. Maybe, but listen, we're all driving cars. I'm not, but driving cars, you know, uh, we're all part of the, you know, uh, machine that supports global oil and, and gas reserves. Right. right, right, yeah. Anyway, what I was going to say about this tour is that, you know, when the WHA came into being, you know, a lot of us were like, what is this all about? And it's not the same as the NHL. Eventually, it was absorbed into the NHL. But they were playing the same sport. What bothers me about the live events as a golf fan is that it's not the same sport. There's no cut. It's 54 holes. They tee off at the same time. Excuse me. It doesn't have the same drama. You know, and and when you have no consequence, meaning they're all getting paid. To me, it takes some of the luster away from it. Mm -hmm. Yes. I understand all of that from your perspective, but it exists and uh, will it last? Uh, I think I had this discussion with somebody yesterday about we were talking about my golf podcast and he was asking me what I thought of this live thing. And I said, I think it's going to last as long as the Saudi, whatever the funds called, as long as they're not until they get bored. Mm hmm. Like that's going to happen at some point. They might get bored of owning this property and then. Yeah, they'll never run out of money. No, (laughs) no. No, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. Or, you know, if the just the fan reaction just isn't there. Well, they don't have a TV deal, which is a huge stumbling block. I think they here and locally, they CH television in Hamilton somehow has got the feed from the YouTube, which is where you can see live golf events. Mm-hmm. They also run CHTV in Hamilton, the hilarious house of Frightens 15, <laughs> 15 times a day, too. So, Do they really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't think it's going away anytime soon, but unless they get a television deal, uh, I don't know how it's going to... Like I, I did read uh, on the time we were away that there's an expectation in the Saudi organization that there be a return on investment. But I don't see the pathway to that anytime soon because where money, where money comes on the PGA Tour is from sponsorship. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that drives it. And you just have to wonder about the guys that signed on. At what point do they miss the the competitiveness or the situation of not earning unless you win and because you get all the money you you need and then all of a sudden each event is sort of the luster's off it because the competitive edge has been depleted at what point do you go i want to get back into that Um, yeah and and what about proving i'm the best and the thing is what there's a bunch of guys that went over there you know guys sort of in the twilight of their PGA Tour career in their mid 40s, late 40s. And a lot of those guys end up on the Champions Tour, which is kind of like a a second chance at being competitive. And those tournaments are less pressure. But some of those guys are going to be like, well, now where are they going to play when they can no longer play against younger guys? Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of it. Listen, when you were a hockey fan, I was a real big hockey fan when the WHA came into being. 
I, and I remember it being like a big disruption. But I also remember watching some of it and being fascinated by the fact that Bobby Hull went over. And we've talked about this, how he became the first million-dollar hockey player. And Toronto had a team, the Toros. Winnipeg had the Jets. And I, I, but I still remember it being a pretty big deal in the hockey world when it happened. Yeah, because they were outbidding NHL teams for players. Right. That's what made it legit. From that perspective, you know, they were playing in some shitty rinks. Like the Toro started at Varsity Arena before moving to Maple Leaf Gardens. Did but, they really? Yeah. Like Varsity you know, on uh, up, up by the, uh, where is that one? Yeah. Yeah, Bloor and uh, yeah. University. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, they did. I went to a f- couple of games there, and then they moved into Maple Leaf Gardens, and Harold Ballard allowed them in, but gave them a real, real shitty deal. They eventually left. But the point was, you know, Paul Henderson jumped from the Leafs to the Toros because they paid him more money. You know, but that's just the way it was back then. You know, I remember back in the... Late 70s, early 80s, CFL teams outbid NFL teams for players. Yeah, I remember I mean, that. The, land, the landscape has completely changed, but that's what legitimizes things. How long did the uh, league last? I can't recall. Did it last the entire 80s? I'm sorry, 70s? Uh, yeah. You know what? I don't know the exact timeline, but eventually it started to crumble, and just four teams were ab- uh, uh, absorbed, right? So the teams were Winnipeg, Edmonton, Quebec, and Hartford. I was going to say Hartford Whalers, right? Mm-hmm. And Quebec. I would I would have guessed two of those. Yeah. And the Jets, of course. Yes. And and did Paul Henderson? Did I? Excuse my ignorance, Leaf fans, but he came back and finished his career with the Leafs, or no? I can't remember. But Frank Mahovlich jumped to the Toros. Wow. The first fifty goal scorer in the history of uh, professional hockey. In Toronto was Shotgun Tom Simpson, who scored 50 goals with the Toros. Again, at the time, it's like, yeah, but this WHA, yeah, but this WHA is got getting these superstars because they're outbidding the NHL. So there's got to be some level of legitimacy here. Well, as I they say, got- the WHA was playing the same game. Three periods. Yes. You know, yeah. uh, all the rules were the same. The rules for live golf are nowhere near the same as the tournament right. that's being played. And, you know, I was saying to this guy yesterday, he's a hockey, or I'm sorry, a golf nut like me. And I said, what I love about the game is that there is consequence to every action. And I mean, like, usually I'll, like, I'll watch this tournament Sunday afternoon. I won't watch any of it before then. But the odd time I'll watch a tournament on Friday afternoon. Why? Because there's consequence in golf, if you don't shoot a score low enough to play the weekend, you don't get to play. I love that about golf. I love that about professional yeah, I mean, golf. It's great. Because no matter whether you're Tiger Woods or some new rookie, if you don't score low enough Thursday and Friday, you, get, you have to go home. Mm-hmm. Whereas this new thing is it's a three-day tournament. No one gets cut. Everyone's playing at the same time. And even if you're the worst player in that field, you make $125,000. So it's not the same sport. You know, that concept, too, I mean, that's what I find attractive about European soccer, the whole relegation system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the team at the bottom doesn't get to play in that league the next year, and a team moves up. Can you imagine that here in North America? 
all those years, the Leafs wouldn't have been in the NHL. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. I was trying to think where you were going with that. Yeah, you're right. The Leafs would have been in the AHL. Yeah, whatever league, but That's it fine. wouldn't have been the NHL. But I love the idea of consequence in sports, and and mm-hmm. you know. You know, that's that's what makes that game so unique is that it's always had the idea that you're only getting paid. Obviously, sponsorship aside, you're only getting paid if you perform. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, the sort of what do they call that meritocracy of uh, of the yeah. sport. Uh, speaking of meritocracy, here's Merrick. Jeff Merrick Tocracy. That should be Hello. his call. That should be your column. I'm Jeff Merrick, and welcome and welcome to Merrick Tocracy. I uh, I always thought I should have a pro US slant and say it's putting the Merrick in America. Not a boy. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Let's. Uh, well, once you that get be that guy. Once he gets his camera going, and I don't know if you. I'm not sure if if Merrick's allowed to be on camera without makeup now, but uh, we'll get him set <laughs> once he gets that thing working. There we go. There we go. I don't. Um, I don't have the Mac 30 on today. Sorry, you're getting my coffee shop look. I like it, man. Uh, for many years, uh, one of our favorite guests, colleagues, friends has been uh, this young fella. Great song. Yeah, man. And uh, we uh, said to Jeff uh, on his last appearance, you know, we have we used to have him on once in a while. And we said, hey, would you mind coming on a little more regularly? Because we enjoy our visits with you so much. And here he is for his first uh, of 2023. We say Happy New Year to you, Mr. Jeffrey Merrick. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Freddie. Pleasure to be on. Whenever you guys call, I will always answer a period. You want me on every week to bore your audience? I am happy to do so. Come on. Well, that's, that's, that's very you're too sweet kind. of you. You're too kind. Hey. Hey, with COVID, a lot of guys working out of their home studios. Yes, sir. Did, did they did they school you guys on makeup at all, or did you just forget about it? Oh, really? Oh, that's what I have. What is it? Just powder or something? This, yeah, this is my Mac Thirty. This is very sophisticated here. So oh, here we go. This is what I use. That's so it. Is it just to shot the? To get the <laughs> is <great>. it? <laughs> it's not exactly uh, RuPaul's it's Drag so Race. Bad. It's, it's not so exactly. It's not exactly look, Drag Race Canada. I look awful, like on the uh, cause the, uh, the the radio show that I do now at noon is, is simulcast on three on Sportsnet three sixty as well. So I do my own. And whenever I go to hockey night on Saturdays, our makeup artist Hillary Whitebread always says to me, "Do you know anything about blending? Because you look you look awful. Like I'm not gonna lie, you. Look, I'm like hell. I have no idea what I'm doing here. I just mm-hmm. try to you know make sure like the, you can't see blemishes and it's not too shiny. Here. Well, that's what I was gonna ask. You. Is it just to is back. it just to cut down the shine? Is that what it is to yeah. give you? A little less sweat, gloss. Yeah. But you, know, you, can, you can tell that I'm really sensitive about like not get not getting makeup on the collars because I don't do anything on the neck. So it looks like I mean I look like a pink balloon to begin with on television. <laughs> but you can really see like I'll have like some Mac 30 on my face and then like this neck that is white as you know undriven snow. It's just unbelievable. Like your that, shirt. That's what my neck looks like on that's television. That's so funny. White, white, white. That, that uh, little compact thing or whatever you call it, you were just it reminds me. Of my mum standing in front of a mirror with that little sure. pad thing touching That's her me. face. Yes, yeah. my wife. My That's wife. Like everyone's says, mom. The only relationship she's ever been in where um, her partner has worn makeup more than she has. 
Right. It's funny you said that about your neck, too, because I often see that. You know, you'll see it on uh, anchors. I was watching some CNN yesterday, and then yeah. they all very made up faces. And sometimes just toward the collar line, it's like you forgot some of that little turkey. You don't want to wreck your shirt. You yeah, don't exactly. want to wreck your shirt. That's all it is. How I was the so uh, shirts? How was the Merrick family holiday? Everyone's good. It was good. Yeah, good, healthy, happy. Everyone's cool. Uh, got to go to the Winter Classic over the weekend in Boston, which was a real treat. Other than that, like I, for the first time, geez, I don't, maybe ever, Howard. I think the first time when I said like I was taking a week off. I really, t- outside of doing one podcast with Elliot, I like really took a week off, like no radio hits, no nothing, watched hockey games at night. But like, really, I was as shut down as maybe I've ever been. It was nice. This is good for you. I had written this down yesterday to talk to Howard about the whole um, winter classic outdoor game has jumped yep. the shark a bit for me. Um mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I, I see in Fenway, the sight lines were horrible for most of the f- fans. So I'm thinking, of course, they want to be in the stadium and be part of the atmosphere, I guess. But then once you start watching it on TV, you sort of forget it's being played outdoor. I just, what do you think generally of them? Like, I understand exactly what you mean. I understand from a, from like, as far as it being a television product, I know exactly what you mean. First of all, the hockey's not played at 100%. Right. It's not controlled conditions. You're not getting the best of, for example, mm-hmm. the Boston Bruins, the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're not getting their best. You can't because this is outdoors and not everything is is, is controlled. Sight lines look different and glare and all these types yeah. of things. So I get that um, from a optics point of view. Maybe it's not your cup of tea and we've seen it a lot. So it's like, OK, so wow me with something else now. Mm-hmm. So I get it. You know what this is more than anything else? This is a live event thing. Like yeah. the people that go, because I understand your cynicism and I'm a hundred percent there with you. But then when you go to these things and you talk to people going in and talk to people coming out as well, it's a major event. It's a spectacle. It does feel special. It breaks up the season from a live event. Like when you're there, like at Fenway, it's a big deal. And it's yeah. really cool. There's the Boston mm-hmm. pops. Like this is awesome. There's a green monster. Bobby Orr is shooting the puck to Veritek. And Hey, look, it's Tim Wakefield. Do the knuckle puck, do the knuckle. Like, from a live event point of view, it resonates and fans love it. As far as being a television product, I understand 100% right. where you're you know, m- Maybe what they need to do, though, is they need to kind of d- extend it a little bit. So they've done it, you know, in all these unusual places. And I get the idea of seeing a hockey game at Fenway would be cool. But maybe yeah, what they do now is they take it to like the Rideau River. It's now just a big game of shinny. They all throw their sticks big in. Big yeah. pond. You know, it's funny. I'd written down something to ask Fred. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll ask Merrick as well from yesterday's show. Because it came up in conversation. We're just talking about, you know, things that make you feel old. And one of the things uh, is in 2023, it's been 30 years, 30 years since the Canadian team won a Stanley Cup. And I was thinking about that yesterday. And I most want I want to know from you guys, why is that? Because if I'm not mistaken, they all have the same cap. Mm-hmm. So if all the teams are basically, if there's no New York Yankees. Although the Leafs could be that if they wanted to, in terms of spending. So what is the what is the deal? You want in first on this one, Freddie? You want me to? Well, go? I would just say it's happenstance because you you nail it. I mean, they're they have all have the same uh, salary cap numbers, and it's how you work it. And unfortunately, over thirty years, Canadian teams just haven't answered the call. I mean, they've made it to the final, like Vancouver and. 
Who else? Is uh, Ottawa's been to a final? 2007, yeah. Well, and wasn't Montreal been, in the Montreal's final? Yeah. Been to a f- yeah, but we. They, yep. That's all I can say because the rules are the same for everybody. So there's um there's something that no one likes to talk about in Canada when it comes to hockey, and you know what it is? The amount of Canadian teams that NHL players have on their no trade yeah, clauses. That's true. Yeah. Ah, you know, okay. There you there's go. A, there's there are a lot of players. I mean, the, the one thing, like, you're right. Like, everyone has the same amount of money that they're allowed mm-hmm. to spend. Like, you can fudge it a little bit with long-term injury and, and all that and keeping a guy out and, you know, sneaking some money. Like, there are ways to go around it, sort of. But what you're saying, Howard, is completely true. Everyone has the same amount of money they can play with. So what can you do above and beyond? Like, what lures players to certain markets? Uh, Tampa has done this the best. Now, Tampa is a no-tax state. You can understand where that is attractive. So if you're making $9.5 million, you get escrow taken off, and that's things the players they hate that but they're not getting state tax taken off you know the the level of taxation in canada province to province varies but still it's at a much higher rate than any state you go to in the united states this is one of the reasons why i'll point to a team like the dallas stars with you know texas they may sting you on real estate and that's certainly true but you're not paying state tax Mm -hmm. national predators same situation now you can turn around and say hold on a second here you look at New York, and that's a that's a highly taxed state. Yes, but there's still an attraction there. Players still want to be part of New York and play in the. It's exciting as a young person uh, to be in New York City. The thing about Canada is you have like think about this for a second. Like let's say you make I don't know pick a number a million dollars in the NHL. Okay, your escrow is going to be let's just say fifteen percent. Okay, for salary cap purposes, your tax. I'm sorry, just in, to, I'm sorry, that might be stupid. What do you mean by escrow? What is that? that so first? there's there's so the way that the NHL works is the revenue is split 50 50 between the NHL and the players, and it's all accumulated at the end. And if it doesn't hit 50 50, then the players have to pay back to the NHL what they owe. The way they keep that money, they, essentially, they have an escrow account. That they, it's, it's sort of loose every single you know month month to month. Like okay, we think it's going to be about fifteen percent. So fifteen percent of your check is held essentially in escrow. Okay. You're either going to get I, it back, or that's going to go. So, that's going to go. So to that's the NHL. To, that's to make to make sure at the end it comes out even between Bingo. the. Okay, so Bingo. first so a million say, dollars, the first fifteen percent goes to that fund. Goes to ESCO. Then let's say you're you're playing in Montreal and your provincial tax is fifteen percent. Right now you're at sixty five percent. Then your agent fees are going to be about two to three percent as well. Like all of a sudden that million dollars goes. Mm-hmm. Now there are ways to go around it by way where you live, for example, like if you live in you know Arizona or if you live in Florida, which is why a lot of hockey players will keep primary residences in these states as well to try to get around that. But just to be blunt, and I know no one's going to cry for millionaire hockey players, and I'm not asking anybody to, but there is a difference if you're making like if you're making nine point five million dollars in Tampa, most of that's going in your jeans. Mm-hmm. If you're making that same nine point five million dollars in Montreal, that nine point five million dollars is not going in your jeans. Well, that's well explained. Canada, Canada is at a competitive disadvantage because of the level of taxation. Well, and a great example of that was Steven Stamkos. When he yes. considered playing with the Leafs, he ends up signing in Tampa for like $8.9 million. You're thinking, well, the, the, the Leafs offered 11-something. But it's going in his jeans. Yeah, right? exactly. At the, at the, at the <laughs> well, end of the day, he's better off in Tampa. First of all, yes. thanks for explaining it to me. Because I, so I was walking my dog yesterday. I was thinking of things we were, we were going to talk about. I thought, well, am I going to sound stupid by asking that question? No, not and, at all. Because That's a very, it's a very, you know, there, there's to the point where people have brought up the idea 
of there being a different salary cap based on the level of tax in order if you want if you want yes, if to the level idea it up. of a salary cap is to level the playing field there has been consideration it hasn't gotten anywhere for there being different salary caps based on the level of taxation from province to province and state to state and and, and generally speaking Jeff and I I think I made this uh, point on the show prior to Christmas the NHL yes they are one of the four major league sports but if they want to ascend a bit in the eyes of Americans or the of professional sports fans, they got to raise that salary cap. It looks I'm Mickey Mouse. It, I'm with you. It looks Mickey Mouse compared to the other sports. I am with you. Okay, so mm. okay, this goes. This takes us down a really interesting road here. Okay, so I agree with you. Like I think that contracts like you know the Aaron Judge deal, for example, that's great for baseball yes. because it's a big splash and it makes you look. Huge! It makes yes. you look like financially worth worth. Like I think the NHL needs things like that. Now I've been reminded at every single turn of my career, okay, since I since I started in this industry, I've always been reminded about one thing: Gary Batman essentially has one job, and that is franchise values. That's it. His number one job is any hats. Like you look at, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, what they, what they go for, what the Ottawa, Ottawa Center is going to go for an outrageous number. And that's mm-hmm. all based on a number of things. One of them is they have, as you know, Gary Bettman talked about no 405 and the lockout cost certainty. Like they have their expenses capped. As a matter of fact, it's triple capped. You know, there's a rookie cap, there's a team cap, there's an individual cap for players. They can only make a maximum of 20% of the salary cap. Like this is a multi-capped league. And what does that do for your franchise value? Through the roof. Mm. Now, I agree with you, Freddie. If you're looking to grow the game, I think you need a team that just behaves ridiculously out there. Yeah, like a New York Yankees. Like the New York Yankees, specifically. Like, I think that NHL, because it's not really a national sport, it's still very, very regional. You cheer for the Boston Bruins, you cheer for the Philadelphia Flyers, you cheer for the Chicago Blackhawks. Are you watching if those teams aren't playing? Well, you do if it's the NFL. You still do if it's Major League Baseball. I'm not so sure that you do if it's the NHL. And I think it's because you almost need... Like you almost need like an evil empire team, like the Yankees, exactly. a team that everyone loves to hate. That's Bingo, right. the Dallas hatred. Cowboys. Hatred, yes, hatred is healthy. Yes, 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 it is. And the three and. of us have proved that for thirty years. <laughs> hatred, cynicism, they should, poison. Jeff, and I know, and I, I've thought about this. Maybe have like two players designate their outside of the salary cap, or have a luxury tax. That, that yeah. should make everybody happy. It, it should. But again, I always come back to that one thing. Yes. Gary Bettman has one job, franchise value. That is like I always remember that when I because I've talked about things like this before. And there's that voice in the back of my head. Hold on. Bettman has one job. Yeah. Fran- franchise franchise value. And, and as far now, as listen, I, I, I remember Freddie talking about this before we, we took our break. And, and I. I'm not sure I totally agree that raising the salary cap in a fourth, you know, sort of tier sport is going to do much to bring it up to where basketball, baseball or football is. But it might create some more buzz around it. And here's the segue to this kid, Connor Bedard, because when somebody comes along that's a phenom. Yeah. There, there could create some buzz around the sport of who's going to get him, how much is he going to make. You know that there's a you know listen when we were kids long before you Jeffrey, I don't <laughs> sports never spoke about it. You never thought of sports in terms of how much they made. 
When we were kids, it really wasn't. In fact, we were talking about Bobby Hall signing on with the Jets back in the early 70s. And that was the first time I recall. And I was a super fan at the time. First time I recall ever being aware that there was a number attached to a hockey player. It was a million. He was the first million dollar player. And yeah. that was that was five years, 200,000 a year. Right. It was out. <laughs> but it was outrageous to yeah. a little, you know, to little Howie G yeah. and Moose Jaw. That was an outrageous sum. <laughs> so but but it is what I'm getting at is it's part of this, the conversation of sports. You know, there's yes. the live golf and how much DJ got. So yeah. here we got this kid, Connor Bedard, who might let's say he's the next Gretzky. I know everyone says they, they are, but. Let's say he is, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that will, will create a buzz around him in terms of how much money he might make. No, not until he gets out of his entry level deal. So he's going to be capped. Which is so another there's thing. A, there's right. a rookie salary cap. Like he could, he'll probably make like like he'll get all of the, the the scheduled bonuses as well. Like he'll make the the rookie minimum and he'll get all of his bonuses. And he'll probably in his first you know three years make three million bucks a year, which mm-hmm. is very healthy for again. Like I'm not gonna I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. cry for millionaires here. Like it's 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 a very healthy wage for a, for a young man to, uh, to to earn. But no, he's not walking in here and getting you know a, a Connor McDavid deal or an Austin Matthews. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane style deal. No chance. Well, here's part of the problem, too, with the NHL. The other three sports, they'll break up a team because they want to. In the NHL, you have to break up a team because you have to. And that sucks. Because you your salary cap. So the thing is, if your secondary, second-line players, or even third-line players get really good, you yeah. can't afford to pay them enough under the cap. So you got to discard them or trade them and bring in guys that are cheaper. So yeah. the overall picture is like, it's just not major. Which, right. which is, okay, which, which circles us back to the yeah. conversation we just had, which is mm-hmm. what can you use as a competitive advantage? How has Tampa been able to stay? Like, like mm-hmm. Tampa's had to let go of players. Tyler Johnson, last mm-hmm. year, Andre Palat, Ryan McDonald. Like they've had to let go of players. But how do they keep their competitive advantage? They keep mm-hmm. their salaries down because they can get players. You always hear it. To How do you get players to play for less? Well, when you're playing a no-tax state, it's a lot easier because you can say, sure, to your point, you can make $11 million with the Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. but you would actually put more money in your jeans playing for $9 million here in Tampa and be able to wear shorts and flops to the right. And, and, and the money there, that $2 million you were talking about there, can go to a secondary guy. Correct. And by the way, you keep saying that you've said it a couple of times, you know, we, we don't we don't cry for millionaires. But in the conversation of sports, when the 12th man on a, a basketball team makes more than, you know, some of the stars of the NHL, there's Twice an, as much. Well, there's an inequity there. And we well, listen, yeah. we're, we're all aware these guys make a lot of money and no one's you know going to have a uh, what are they? What's that uh, tag? What's that? Uh, tag say? Thank you. Um, tag let's day. talk a little bit about this kid. I never heard of him. Connor Bedard. So so He's good. so good. And then we're going to segue to Ovechkin's support of uh, Russian Hitler. They said, all sure. this is coming up in the next couple of minutes. So let's start yeah. with Connor. How, what, give me some, uh, give me a comparable. Okay. So uh, it's funny. That's a really great question, by the way. Uh, who would you compare him to? I keep seeing Peter Forsberg. Like he looks to me like the way that he plays the skill. Now he's not as strong yet as Peter Forsberg was, but when I watch him play, he reminds me of Peter Forsberg, who I still can consider one of the best players to ever play the game. He uh, he's a fantastic skater. He's a really good puck distributor, great playmaker, and as a center, normally you know that's a you know the 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 area where you distribute the puck a lot. Um, he's a legitimate. He's like Matthews in that he's a scoring threat as well. 
like he has a number of different tools in his toolbox. Um, he's considered, you know, last year we didn't have a generational player in the draft. This year we do in Connor Bedard. And we always look at the draft and say, what are the tiers? Like which players are grouped together? Where are the drop-offs? This year in the draft, and it's a really deep draft, high-end players, Leo Carlson from Sweden. If it weren't this year, he'd be going first overall. There is Connor Bedard and then a drop. And then this guy, Leo Carlson, and then a drop, and then you get to Mishkoff and Fantilli and these types of players. But Bedard, years ago, and everyone, all the scouts started getting buzzy about this one, has already distinguished himself as the quote-unquote next one Wow! In, in the NHL. This guy is not only, I mean, not only is he an excellent player, but there is a buzz around him in the way that he plays where, you know, owners like the hockey operations will say, oh, it's great to have someone with this skill in our lineup. And owners will say, this guy sells tickets for us. This guy brings people to the rink because he does things that other players just can't do. And one thing that I always like to point out is this is a player that's just grown up with this rules package that goes back to 0405. Like we kept saying like, okay, there's never going to be another Conor McDavid. Yes, there will be another Conor McDavid. Because if you look at the, the NHL in 20405, they had the lockout, they had the Shanahan Summit, and they had a whole new rules package and a different way to play the game. And so a lot of players had to stop playing the way they used to and essentially relearn the game. These kids now just grow up knowing this is the game. Mm-hmm. This is how we play. We haven't had to break any habits. Mm-hmm. We're just playing this way. So will there be another McDavid? Yes. Is it Connor Bedard? Maybe. Will there be another Connor Bedard? Yeah. Because this is a group of kids now that are playing with this rules package that goes back to 0405. Can you just remind me the, and others what you're cool. What do you mean? What, what was the what was the major rules change? The major, to get the major to. rule is crack down on obstruction. Okay. Like Where they used to clog to, the middle of the rink a lot. And like almost, almost to a fault. <laughs> it it, it yeah. really slowed the game down. Now the mm-hmm. game is more wide open, more mm-hmm. room to skate. I mean, defensemen can't assault you in front of the net anymore. You can't interfere. Like on a forecheck, you can't interfere and hold up the oncoming forechecker. The neutral zone is the big one that Freddie points out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you gather up speed before you would get your stick in a guy's hip and yank him down. The referees would just go, yeah, play on, no autopsy, mm-hmm. no foul. Yeah, play on, play on, no problem here. <laughs> that's all different now. And, and a byproduct of that, to me, one setback so to speak is more um replays like and like, um you know reviews video reviews dispute, yeah. video reviews yeah it's when there i know i get it many. like mm-hmm. it's i'm i'm with you on that one like i i'm mm-hmm. a big fan of close enough like mm-hmm. it, the, the offside rule originally was just in there to prevent like egregious offenses, like right. someone hanging out beside them. It wasn't <laughs> right. like we used to always right. talk about how it's a game of inches. It's no longer a game of inches. It's a game of pixels. Right. Like, that's what sports has become right now. Like, oh, is it one eighth inch blade of steel? Was it like I, I'm with you? Like hockey's a flow game. And if you I, I, I personally think that there should be yeah. if you're going to do video review, there should be a max amount, maximum amount of time that you, you have to look at the video. Like if mm-hmm. you can't determine whether it's onside or offside in 60 seconds, yeah. the call, the call stands. <laughs> yeah. And, if, oh, and do the, do, is there a rule in because I know in the NFL, if you ask for a review and it goes against you, it, it counts against a timeout. Yes. Is it similar in the NFL? Penalty in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Penalty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of the NFL, we got to Ovechkin and we, we got a couple other things to wrap it up with you here, but you know, we're, I was, you know, I, 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 I don't know how to explain this, but for some reason, I'm interested in the Buffalo Bills this year. And, yeah. uh, and uh, Freddie even texted me the other day. I said to him, I was so proud because he said to me, hey, big Bills game tonight. I'm like, oh, I'm on Fred's, uh, you know, fucking text list. This is great. So I get, <laughs> I'm all settled. I'm watching the game. And yeah. then this horrific uh, happens, uh, thing happens with Damar Hamlin. I'm sure you've seen it by now. Oh, yeah. 
And of course, I, I don't, I don't fear where I want to go with this is how fast it went from this happened to people like Kevin Sorbo talking about the jab. But this is not the first time a cardiac incident has happened no. like this in sports. No. I hate it. I, I like right away glomming on with, oh, we're going to get more athletes like this. This has happened before yes. in sports. Um, and even just using the hockey example, this happened to Chris Pronger, took a slap shot in the chest and had a situation. We yeah. think of Alexei Sharapanov in Russia, who died on the bench. We think of Yuri Fisher of the Detroit Red Wings in that game against Nashville. We think about Rich Peverly of the Dallas Stars. Uh, we think most recently about Jay Bowmeister of the St. Louis Blues. And this is all pre-jab. So right. mm-hmm. I find it not just offensive, but disgusting. I was going to say the same thing. If it happened so fast, it was almost dizzying. Because I watched it that night. And I get up the next morning. I was wanted to sort of check and see before the show. Yesterday morning, like, how, what was this condition? And all I saw on my Twitter feed initially jab, was... Jab, 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 was jab, it, jab. Oh, yeah. was you know, and, and then this idiot from the Utah Jazz, who I used to like, by the way, as a player... Um, John Stockton. Thank you. Stockton talking about, you know, oh, this is there's now been a thousand athletes that have just died mysteriously. Well, there hasn't been. There hasn't been. But it was interesting slash disgusting how quickly they turned turned this into that. It is. It's 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 revolting. You know, the, the one thing that I took away because I was with you, I looked at the, my timeline. I'm like, oh, this is gross. Yeah. First of all, you're you're feeling for the play, you're the player and the family and mums in the stands. You only imagine what's going through her mind. You know what the one thing I took away from this? I need to learn CPR. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. The one thing I took away from this is there's going to be a situation because this is NFL and it's all very controlled and there are uh, physicians that are available to come on the field right away and and help Mm -hmm. Demar Hamlin. Okay, well, that's pro sports. This can happen at at any level. Mm -hmm. And we all have the fibs at every rank, et cetera. My kids play baseball and they play hockey and all that. And who knows what can happen? Maybe it's not even a maybe it's not even a. Maybe it's not even an athlete. Maybe it's a fan. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. someone who's there. I mean, I did CPR training about a million years ago. But if you said, okay, Merrick, need you to snap yeah. into action, I probably couldn't. Dude, like, I took a first aid course from St. John's when my first daughter was born. We took an in, uh, we took a toddler. Yeah. Or whatever. That was 28 years ago, the last time I took any training. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I think of myself as an amateur physician, right. like a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> you play doctor on many dates? Absolutely. I'm Dr. Google. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I took away from is I need, first of all, and I, 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 I would love to be there the moment that Hamlin comes to and wakes up and sees his charity where he's trying to raise $2,500 yes. is now at $5 million plus. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that happens to him, you know, in a pickup game or something, he's dead right now yeah, oh yeah i know if he he just, to, uh, they if were saying that out. last night freddie on uh, cnn they do uh somebody was on with anderson cooper talking about they said if this happens at a high school game the guy's dead because it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't have gotten to him in time with the right people <clears throat> right now he's in hospital they've turned him on his stomach because what happens when your heart's not beating properly a lot of fluid starts to accrue in your lungs that's one of the reasons and, and he's on a respirator because they're trying to give his body it's what they do. They bring your body temperature down and they bring you. They try and take the pressure off your lungs to clear. What's what's interesting, too, is they're going ahead with this Sunday schedule. Yes. Even considering the Cincinnati Buffalo game. So it's, you know, you know, of course, what they do with that ultimately is going to be very interesting to see. You know, you know who I think of? Like, first of all, there's a lot of players are going to need counseling here. And there's one player that I think of very specifically. The player that was engaged physically with Demar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know the player's name. I, T. I don't. Higgins or something. What, yeah. I my my yeah. thought is, what is he going through? Because that's just a yeah. normal play that had this disastrous outcome. None of it was malicious. Hamlin actually hit him. Tendon. He he yeah, ran like, into him. 
Yeah. So like who, like what's going through that person's mind? Like, I I don't know. I I don't know, but I can only imagine this is, this is horror for a lot of people. And to say nothing of the people in the stadium on the field that had to experience all of this. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, when it comes to the jab and all those stories around the, the vaccine, I like to play the numbers game. What is your Twitter following? Uh, I think it's like 220. Yeah, so y- your whole network is like a quarter million people. How many people do you know that have died from the vaccine? Uh, through, about, through your, about zero. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> how, how many have suffered horrible side effects from getting the vaccine? Through about... That- about zero. Yeah. About, so, but about, if you were about, an anti-vaxxer, that would go yeah. up to a thousand. It's like as I said to, as I said, the only people that are dying from the vaccine seem to be in the anti-vaxxer network. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. isn't it? I'm By the way, Freddie, this zombie, zombie apocalypse. Oh, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a zombie one day, apparently, because I'm, you know, triple uh, spiked here. Fred, I did see this. I had written it down. Uh, what they've done. Excuse me. <laughs> what they've decided. Hang on. What they've decided to do uh, with the Bills and and the Bengals is they're not going to repeat that game. What they're going to do is they're going to seed those teams based on percentage of wins. So they're not going to go back and play it again. Uh, Bengals and Bills will only play 16 games. And then after this week will be seeded based on their their win percentage. Well, the the Bills are in great shape then because they have the even if they end up with the same win percentage as Kansas City, they'll get the buy uh, because they beat Kansas City. So there you go. So what, they were thirteen and they were thirteen and three going into the game. So if they so they, they the best they could be is no, they were 13, twelve and three. There's twelve and three, right? So they could be thirteen and uh, and three. Okay, Jeff, back and, to and hockey. By, and, and by the way, now the whole sports world is cheering for the Buffalo Bills, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, of course they are. I love my Buffalo Bills. Um, <laughs> just back to hockey for a second. Howard yeah. and I were discussing this before when we were preparing the show. Big preparing. Um, yes, preparing. The Ukrainian-Canadian uh, Congress has asked the Canadian government to bar Alexander Ovechkin from entering the country because of his ties to uh, Vladimir Putin. And a lot of people say, okay, you don't mix sports and politics. But, you know, Ovechkin, very instrumental when it comes to Putin as far as, you know, organizing the Putin team, athletes and entertainers in Russia to help getting him reelected. The ties between Putin and Ovechkin aren't like Putin and some other Russian player in the league. What do you think? I, 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 I think, you know, this is still flying under the radar. I think Alexander Ovechkin needs to be roasted through this a bit. So there's no doubt that he has supported uh, su- supported Vladimir Putin in the past, to your point. And those are all very legitimate, um, very legitimate criticisms and complaints. The one thing that I've been reminded of countlessly is this is a very dangerous situation for Alexander Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. That if he publicly comes out to denounce Vladimir Putin and he's, you know, very, very gingerly dipped his toe into the water and taken the please no more war stance. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I get it. But, you know, as as someone uh, reminded me, you know, recently, again, as he chases Wayne Gretzky's record here, you know, we look at this and say, oh, it's easy. Just denounce him. Sure, you can you can do that in the West. Uh, um, if you do that in this situation right now, what are like when you're as high profile as Alex Ovechkin, what are the consequences, not just for you, but what are the consequences for your family as well? 
We all know the stories. We all. Your dad falls off a balcony in March. Well, all of, all and, said, wow, and, and all these he, windows. Wow, all, was, all these windows open in the uh, yeah. open in the winter? And, and Jeff, that's what I. Out of them. I said that to him. Uh, we talked about this before Christmas. I said, you know, it's because I have no explanation other than it's not easy being Ale- Alexander Ovechkin's family in Russia. No, and he's got to be very careful because it's not, as you say, it's not just consequential to him. It's to the people that. Are, and you know, and there, and that's real. That's not like some spy novel. That's actually going to happen. That's legit. That's that's very legit. Like I, I know that like, w- what's happening right now is awful. Like, mm-hmm. and 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 I, I understand all of it, but I always try to catch myself. Okay, I'm having a very Western reaction to a situation sure. that is completely different. You know, we can go and and protest and tweet and say whatever we want about various levels of government, generally without repercussion. That's not so that's that's not so true in Russia, and especially with an athlete as high profile as Alexander Ovechkin. And I understand that. But I part of my thoughts here are that in the West, we should just be a little more critical of him blatantly. Not even if it if, if that does not include him speaking out against Putin for all the reasons you just said, mm-hmm. I think there should be more talk about his ties to Putin here because whenever all I hear is how wonderful a player is and he's chasing Gretzky and isn't he this and isn't he that well I think it's a bit over the top right now and uh, it just it just irks me a bit because if he wasn't a hockey player he wasn't a professional athlete he'd probably be under a lot more scrutiny it's just if I like the Washington Capitals and Ovi's my best player I'm willing to overlook those ties you know, one of the things that people have pointed out too is, uh, and I and I and I get all that. Um, and sports and politics, uh, I think it's inevitable that you know they they will they will mix and they make strange bedfellows. And mm-hmm. as someone told me recently, like we've quickly forgotten how you know how Wayne Gretzky was in very much support of, of George Bush in the uh, in the Iraq War, and uh, Bobby Orr supported Trump, and Jack Nicholas supported Trump, and yeah, yeah. And I you know, and I don't know. Again, I don't totally agree with what you're saying too, Fred, because knowing that Ovechkin's got some consequence for him and his family in Russia. It's hard to look at him in a critical eye. I get what you're saying that why why wasn't there more talk about his ties to uh Putin, but you know, his ties to Putin are probably more um I don't know they're more for uh, survival and, they, you know, I can't imagine he's a big Putin fan. He's no Tucker Carlson anyway. Um, well, it, <laughs> it dates back pretty far, him and Putin. All right. Freddie, you're, you're right. Like the, mm-hmm. the ties with Putin, but at, at that point they were, you know, very beneficial for. Sure. Ovechkin and very beneficial for Russia. And there was always the feeling that Alex Ovechkin, uh, you know, when he retired in the NHL, was going to go play at least one more year in the, uh, in the in the KHL and, you know, come back and, and play for Mother Russia. There's the idea that even if the NHL is locked out, I'm going to go play overseas. And if there's no Olympics, I'm still going to go play for Russia. Right. And Ted Leonsis, his, his owner, was essentially opening the door and saying, go ahead, do, mm-hmm. do whatever you want. And to be so, fair, when he, <clears throat> his support for Putin goes back years before Putin, you know, there was a time when, you know, Putin was wasn't invest in invading Ukraine. I'm not saying no, he was he, a great guy. He was still killing people around him and well, political yeah. rivals and on and on and yeah, on. Right? Yeah, I know. But uh, listen, that we, is true. we we we've got we I was going we were going to talk about the Leafs, but let's get let's mm-hmm. we've had so much of your time. We certainly appreciate it. Jeff Merrick is uh, Canada's uh, hockey sweetheart and uh, <laughs> and looks great without makeup on at any time of the day. Bless you. Mm-hmm. Bless you, boys. Uh, Bless I don't you. even know uh, oh, with Sportsnet, he does a pod 
podcast. Nah, he buddy. does everything. Stick a broom in my ass at the end of the day and sweep up too. And, yeah, uh, whatever, look at him. Whatever. Look at him. Listen, all the best to you. We'll be talking to you We'll be talking to you. We'll be talking to you sooner than later. Freddie used to teach me every Friday. I have two Saturdays. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jeffrey, thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, boys. Be well. There he is, Jeff Merrick. Got a big brain. Good handle. Uh, all right, let yourself out. Oh, he's gone. Um, we got to catch up on a lot of stuff here because uh, we are uh, way behind. So why don't you start with, uh, you know, we've been talking so much sports. If you're interested in sports betting, uh, Freddie's got a solution for you. Yes, uh, whether uh, you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, no Thursday nighter this week because uh, it's the final week of the season. NFL, I'm talking of course. All right. Yeah, you do. Uh, so you're you're good with that solution, by the way. Before I talk about GoDaddy, so Bills with they won yeah, I this. I read that. That's interesting. Yeah, I saw that uh, in my research. That was the solution they came up with. That uh, they won't replay that game. So if the Bills won this weekend, they would be thirteen and three, and uh, whatever. So and you're saying if if they tied, yeah, because they were twelve and three. If they won, they're thirteen and three. That's the end of it. So they'll have a sixteen game season. But Kansas City will play, and they'll be fourteen and three. Will that? Yeah, but the percentage—it's still whatever percentage. No, but I'm that wondering: is. is thirteen and three a better percentage than fourteen and three? I, I can't do the math right now. Well, come on. You want to? You do the math while I talk about good. I don't daddy. know how to do that math. <laughs> <laughs> well, three into th- so what would it be? It was mm. still thirteen and three. <clears throat> yeah, we're trying to think. What if someone do the I, math for us? Yeah. And I'll tell you, this show is brought to you once again, and we're so excited to have them back by GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, as you know, easily create your website. And by the way, for free, no credit cards even required to get started. You create your website, start selling immediately online, and GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Free and friendly, 24-7 phone support. We've spoken to some of the people that have used GoDaddy, and they rave about the service. The domain is there. Your website's there. The support is there. And as I say, no credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. GoDaddy.ca. Get started today. Bring your world to the world using GoDaddy.ca. So it would seem to me that 14 and 3... Is a is a uh, smaller percentage than thirteen and three. Okay, I hope you're right. Well, just think about it. Log- I'm thinking about it logically because mm. you've only won. Are you okay? Winning less games of more games or the same number of more games is that better mm. than the same number of less games? So less is more. Well, sixteen games. If you win three, if you only lose three out of sixteen games, that's got to be better than losing. Or is it three out of seventeen? This will be great because I haven't. Let me go check Facebook here. Fuck, I'm more mixed up now <laughs> than I was at the beginning. Uh, okay, Mister Goohead. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let me see if somebody's doing the math for us. Are we I'm, not on uh, Facebook Live today? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm looking at it right now. 
Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. And, and it says live here. And Dan okay. asked me oh, that, all right, too. All right. I have a weird feed or something. Anyway, is anybody uh, weighing in on that? Now, Dan asked me that a half an hour ago, and I don't know. It says, you're, it says for some reason, your video is blocked and can't be viewed by others. Why is that? Let me start again, then. Oh, right. This content is not available right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know why. Let me see. Stop live stream. So how are you looking at it? Because it's available to me. I can see it. I'm an oh, administrator. You can see it because you it's, can see, you're in control yeah, central. You can see clearly now this Facebook Live. All right, let me see here. So that'll be the thing. If 13 and 3 is better than 14 and 3, the uh, Bills have to beat the Patriots in Buffalo on Sunday and you think, oh, they should be able to do that. But what's what's their where are their heads going to be at? Right. I don't know. I I don't know, man. Like, there's always something with the teams that I follow. Always something. You just win. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's I uh, listen. It's a freak accident. But okay, let's see. Is this we're back now? If I wasn't a Bills fan, it would have never happened the other night. If you weren't, what? If I wasn't a Bills fan, that would have never happened the other night. That kid would be fine. Okay, see if you can see this Facebook thing now, because I've got it back up. Okay, Chris says, hey, hey, okay, he's back. Chris K., thanks, man. So it, it looks like it's uh, published yeah, by trying Zoom. trying this again. It's hey, live hey, now. Hey, yeah. Okay. So you think if you were a Kansas, if, yeah. if you were a Kansas City fan... Yeah. This would have happened to somebody on the Kansas City team? Wow. Well, probably. I thought I was a narcissist. And maybe I shouldn't even go there. But no. anyway. Um, go wherever you... Hey, you know what? You go where you want to go. Do what mm. you want to do. Isn't... So how would you do that math, Howard? You would divide what into what? Okay. Um, well, Chris K. Just... Okay, 13 of 7... Here we go. Somebody's done it now. 13 okay, of 76... Good. 13 of 17 is 76, says Greg right. Cherwadi. So what right. is 13 of... Well, 13 of 16 is got to be higher than 13 of 17. I hope so. Yeah, I would think. You're right, Howard. Uh-huh. Hang on. Rudgers. Well, that's good. Now, Rudgers. Now, is that, is that fair to the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City... Oh, f- uh, oh, wait a second. Of, 14 of 17 is 82%. Yes. Yeah, but it, Greg, it's not 13 of 17. It's 13 of 16. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, Ruger just sent me a note saying, we've got to get Fred to become a Habs fan. Sam <laughs> Ruger's being funny. So, oh, yes, Greg, thanks, Greg, thanks for doing that. But it's not 13 of 17. Yeah, it's 13 um, of 16. It's 13 right, of yeah. 16. So he's done the math. Well, now I can't rely on Greg because he's done the math saying 14 of 17 is 82%. Mm-hmm. Okay. 13 of 17 is 70. Yeah, that yeah. stands to reason. Fine. So 13 of 16, that's what we need. And we need it fast. Get it again. Oh, 13 of 16 is 81. Oh. Wouldn't that just be, wouldn't that yes. be some fuckery? Oh. And now I understand why having that buy is important because you get the you get one week off and then all your games the rest of the way through are at, are, at are given are at home. So actually, oh, I don't know what's going on here now. Okay, now he's saying thirteen is eight thirteen. Eighty one is point eight is eighty one point three percent. So they would actually lose by point seven percent. So we need the Bills to win and Kansas City to lose this weekend. They're playing Denver. Not going to happen. Ah, fuck. 
<laughs> so even if the Bills win this weekend, they might lose home field advantage by 0.7%. Without even losing. The only way they were... Listen, the only way they weren't going to get the top seed was by losing. So through this scenario, they'll beat um, uh, New England, so they'll go through without losing, but yeah, still lose. Still lose, exactly. <laughs> and Really, it's like... Yeah. If, well, if these numbers are right. Well, like, listen, now Chris K are. is weighing in. But you're right. On the surface, you would think 13 of 16 is better than 14 of 17, but I don't know. Anyway. You know, this is one of the reasons that Fred and I went into radio. Because mm-hmm. I got to, I was always good at arithmetic until grade nine or 10, whenever they introduced algebra into, I think it was grade 10. And I remember sitting at the back of the algebra class mm. and our teacher was saying something. And as he was saying, I could see almost an animated, the numbers and the theorems, the Pythagorean theorem. Pythagorean <laughs> I saw it go by my head and I turned and it splashed against the back wall and I was like, I don't understand what the fuck he's talking about. I was good with my, I was good up until it was just times tables. <laughs> no, I know. Why does it have to be this? Why can't it be the other? Because that's not good. I mean, you know, This kid getting injured, not only is it devastating for his life and his football future, but that's a key injury for the, the Bills as well. So they play again. they got to replace this guy, and he's a key member of the defense. Yeah, and they'd already you know lost I mean? so a couple that, other that members. On, yeah, that on top of yeah, that. Yeah, the other ones they've Vaughn, lost. Von Miller's out, and it's yeah. like, so having to go to Kansas City for the AFC Championship, if it comes to that, it's not good. But There was a couple other key Besides Vaughn Miller, there was a couple other key defensive yes. replacements in that game anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what, wasn't he the second bill to get hurt in yes. that game? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's another side, Fred. What if this is one of those things in sports where because of this injury and because it was so def- devastating and somewhat unprecedented that it brings the team together? Yes. And as you said, everyone's now cheering for the Bills. Let's win it for DeMar. Let's, well, there's some of that. I mean, maybe they go out on mm-hmm. Sunday and they're like, you know, we're going to take this and we're going to go all the way because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing is, if they beat Kansas City, then, it's, then the math can work in their favor. What do you mean? Well, I'm saying it. So they beat Kansas City. Then they could win this weekend, and they would then they would get the seed. Now they don't even have a chance. They really don't have it. If you're right, and they... What do you mean beat Kansas City? I'm sorry, uh, beat uh, Cincinnati. New England, right. No, I if see. they beat Cincinnati the other night, and this doesn't happen... Oh, right, yes. Then their pathway to that buy and home field advantage... Man, right. We talked a lot of, we've easy. talked a lot of sports on this show today. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's a short, yeah, I know what happened. Okay, let's get back to the big orange fat guy. <laughs> that's funny. that's our, really our favorite sport. <laughs> big orange fat prick. Fuck. <laughs> I hate him so much. I hate him and all his fucking minions so yeah. much. But I'm I'm so I'm a little disturbed over this Buffalo Bills thing. But hey, it's it. it you know what they say, Howard? It is what it is. What it is. And you know maybe could. Denver rise up and but here's the problem as well if 
No. Well, no. Cincinnati could lose in Baltimore this weekend, and and it's immaterial anyway because they would both finish 13 and 16 without having played each other. So I don't know what the secondary um, tiebreaker is off the top of my head. I'd have to look into that. So there might be a chance of the Bills actually being the third seat. Well, that's just great, isn't it? Sucking on it. Suck that shit. Mm -hmm. Um. There's a couple other things. Let's, let's, you know what? I don't want to do Trump, although I will say, uh, and I thought of this favor your son helped me out with. I was trying to find this uh, documentary, and he showed me where to get it. It was on HBO, by the way. It's called This House Rules. Yeah, he was watching it last night. It looks great. I, mean, I, I was watching. I told you. I said, no, I, I know. I know. You I said you would love it. Watching. Yeah. You told me I would love it. And when I came down, he was here last night. Danny P's at your house? It. Pardon me? What's Danny P doing at your house? Um, we had a family get together oh, yesterday, nice. and he was here and decided to stay. Was Dougie there too? Dougie, sir. Mm-hmm. Dougie, Dougie the dog. Uh, I watched the first half of it yesterday, yesterday evening, and it's uh, fascinating. It's really interesting. It's not just what. It's interesting. I'm sure part of it's going on in Canada, but not to this extent. So this kid goes around the country, and it's he. He basically is interviewing people on the from base from starting out the election all the way to january 6th but he's interviewing a lot of americans and you've seen some of them in some other clips when they interview people at rallies but the level of devotion to this notion of mega and all the stuff trump aside like it's fascinating how human beings can get swept up in something and I always compare it, it, I'm not the only one, but it's, been, it's comparable to Nazi Germany because people get swept up in a movement and they're so hunkered down in that philosophy and they're, it's fucking wild. Well, it gets back to what I asked Jeff. He's got a social media community of, of a quarter million people. You'd think somewhere within that community he would have heard of somebody that died from the jab, the vaccine, or even had an adverse ref- uh, reaction. None. But see, you you present that, and they don't want to hear that. They want to talk about the guy that has 400 followers and claims he knows a couple of people. Like, yeah. Because they've bought in. It's I know. It's it's an alternate reality that they live in. Well, that's it, Freddie. When you Creepy. watch it, when you get to it, and again, anyone else, I think if you have HBO Canada, it's on there. Uh, just Google this house rules. And he's a young guy that does the documentary. He goes trailing around the country in an RV. But he, he and, and by the way, it's also the Black Lives Matter people and the Antifa, Antifa people coming together and clashing. And it's pretty scary is what's going on down there. Uh, by, by, by the way, I know you've talked about Bodog, but let me uh, let me get some Bodog up here for everybody here. Let me talk about Bodog because uh, they want you to have this message. Cursing during your commute again. <clears throat> Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. No, no, no. And of course, uh, when I was in Mexico, I benefited from the uh, fine folks at the chamber plan. And uh, Fred, you will tell people now why well, that's so weeks. important. Yeah, well, two weeks today, Howard, I will be in the Dominican Republic and uh, under the security blanket of the chamber plan. Yes, I will. 
I will have full coverage while there. I will have the. I will be, uh, you know, confident, clear of mind that if anything goes wrong, I will be covered, such as you were in Arizona and several other places where your heart is given. That's right. Everywhere I go, I'm done a cardiac tour. No, really, if you have a small business, one to 100 employees, and you've thought about a uh, benefits package, this is the deal, man. Go to chamberplan.ca and get a free quote today. There's different levels that you can buy in, uh, what you're comfortable with, uh, your size of business, what you can afford. There is something for you, and it's the way to go because, again, the coverage is fantastic, as solid as a rock, as Howard has proved over the last little while. And uh, they do a good job of keeping the uh, premiums down for small business because, you know, you got to know what your costs are going into a year. So it's all there. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Do 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 do. Yeah. By the way, uh, Merrick answering why no Canadian team has won a Stanley Cup yeah, in thirty years. That's so good. Yeah. Like that's so well explained, and it makes so much sense. Not to keep talking sports, but I was again. I thought about that quite a bit yesterday, and that was uh, that's the uh, that must that is it. I mean, think about. It. Because if the if the cap is the same for everybody, as Mickey Mouse as it is, mm-hmm. what's the deal? Is that's the deal that guys just don't want to come to Canada because it takes so much money out of their pocket? It's not fair. Yes, and as I said, you know, a few years ago, Stephen Stamkos, that was the situation. The Leafs pitched him hard. They had some deal with Canadian Tire, and they were going to pay him a salary of eleven something, I think, at the time. And he ended up signing with. Uh, Resigning with Tampa Bay at 8.5 U.S. But there was a story attached to that, too, because he was really, really leaning towards the Leafs for a while. But yes. something didn't feel right. And there's a story that he had a conversation with his dad. And it was like he almost felt like being from Toronto, he should do that. That was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then he had a conversation with his dad, and his dad said to him, so what do you really, deep down, what do you want to do? And he goes, well, I love playing in Tampa. I love my house in Tampa. I love being part of that program. And his dad says, well, that's good enough. You do it for you. And then he decided to stay in Tampa. Conversely, John Tavares uh, did the opposite. He came here for arguably less money because it was the Maple Leafs. So the Maple Leafs, in, in Jeff's, Explanation: Generally, that's true. The Leafs are in a little bit of a different category because players tend to want to come here more than other markets in Canada. But generally, that's that's true. Like Matthew Tuchuk left Calgary to go to Florida, for, and he admitted for the weather. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're a player and you have a choice between Arizona and Winnipeg, yes. Forget the climate disparity. And you're going to make less money? Okay, so on top of the fact that it's minus 40 there right now. Right. And you're going to get less money. And I mm-hmm. I'm, I, know I also, uh, I'm glad he explained with that, because he said escrow a couple times, and I had no idea what he meant um, when he talked about... That's yeah, a big issue. It's a huge issue. Well, it's a huge issue, and you just wonder how the, you know, in the last collective bargaining agreement, how the players went for that. Like, apparently, you know, this latest deal is so heavily favored to the owners that... It's, uh, you know, look at the leaps. I mean, Austin Matthews is up for a contract at the end of next year, and so is Mitch Marner. And, and um, you know, and 
so will other players be their secondary players. It's there's just not enough money to go around. Somebody's going to have to go. And, and you that made a, sucks. I thought you made an interesting uh, point when you said that. Mm. You know, in other sports, they break up teams because they want to. Mm-hmm. In this sport, we break up teams because they have to, isn't like, mm-hmm. and and yeah. and and as a player improves, he's a rookie, and he's in his, you know, yeah. third and fourth year now, starts to come into his own. You have to get rid of him because you can't afford him. Mm-hmm. But as I, I think I made a point, a good point mm-hmm. that there's nothing they can do in the NHL that's going to elevate the status of the league. I'm sorry, it's just not. No, but I mean they could help the perception of it. You know, um, yeah, but it's Zach, Zach Hyman who played for the Leafs. Zach like, Hyman, great player. He had to leave. They could simply could not fit him in under the cap. They had to break so up his Hyman. Yeah. He seemed to do <laughs> break it. All right, here's a little perspective for you as we close the program. Uh, a bunch of people were sharing this yesterday. If you were born in 1900, when you're 14. World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday. 22 million people are killed. Later in that year, a Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until you're 20. 50 million people die from that. When you're 29, so if you're born in 1900, when you're 29, the Great Depression hits. When you're 41, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people die. At 52, the Korean War starts. Five million people perish. If you're born in 1900, at 64, the Vietnam War begins. Doesn't end for many years. Approaching your 67th, 69th, I apologize. Approaching your 62nd birthday, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis. As you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. Think of everyone on the planet born in 1900. How do you survive all of that? A kid in 1985 didn't think their 85-year-old grandparents understood how hard school was. Yet those grandparents and now great-grandparents survived through everything that I've just listed. You know, we've talked about this before about... I was doing a joke. I was trying to... Actually, I did a joke at the... uh, I did a show you came to see. And it was at an armory in Mississauga. They had a, a, a space there. You remember that? It was at a uh, Legion or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing this joke that night about how what big, big sucks we are. You know, there was a time when yeah. our parents aged. My dad went to war. Your grandparents yes. went to war. And we, <clears throat> and we get ex- we get upset if we have to wait in line at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's, yeah. that's kind of was my point that all of those things happened to those people. And meanwhile, if we don't, you know, if we have to... If we can't remember our fucking password, we get to we get antsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great thing that you just uh, displayed there. So true, and that's my all about perspective. My actual my grandmother on my mom's side, Nana Perrin, was born in 1900. And my the guy I'm named after, Fred W. Perrin, he was born in 1899, and I have his birth certificate. So weird to look at a birth certificate yeah. in the 1800s, and and I'm and I'm just like two generations removed, I guess. Right. Well, my dad was born in 1925 ish, or 1920. Can't remember. I think it was 22. Or no, my dad was 25. Your dad was 22. 23. Yeah, 23. 23. Yeah. Okay. He's going to be a. My father would have been 100. Will be a his 100th year would be this year. So oh, okay. his so his parents, my grandparents, were all born in the 1800s. Yeah. So this thing Crazy. finishes by saying, "Let's be smart, help each other out, 
And we'll get through all that's happening now. In the history of the world, there's never been a storm that lasted. This too shall pass. So there you go. Did we uh, get everything we were supposed to do today? I think so. That's true. And I say that to my kids all the time, you know, when they're... They think the world is it blowing up around them. It's like, you know, a lot of things are cyclical. and yep. A lot of what Toronto and North America is going through, Europe went through 20, 30 years ago. It's just the way it is, you know? Yeah, they say in uh, there's a great Buddhist passage that basically is summed up by that. But the phrase is, as things arise, they also pass. Mm-hmm. No matter what comes up, everything changes. Mm-hmm. But as things come up... We get freaked out by them, forgetting that no matter what arises, it always passes. Mm-hmm. Look at that, Humble and Fred, ending in the show on a, pers- on a whatever that is, some wisdom, some perspective. What was the, what was the George Harrison's all things must pass or all things will pass? Whatever. All gas will pass. <laughs> See? Oh, no. We can always find a way to turn it into a fart joke. All right, everyone. Emails tomorrow, so send us your stuff if you want us to read it in the meantime. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit godaddy.ca to learn more. We read all our emails, Humble and Fred, at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing helps keep the show going. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, keep your windshield washer fluid full and your socks dry. Enjoy every goddamn day. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands.